You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And uh, this is not the Cowboy Hour, actually. Well, it could be sort of, I guess, in that... uh, that's history, and uh, this is the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour on America's Web Radio. We will be changing music here before long, but uh, that's what I had today, and so that's what we went with. And we're very fortunate. Uh, Colonel Rick White has always, he comes through every week, and uh, this week he has sent us a gentleman that uh uh, best I can say is that I think I'll just call him Mr. Volunteer uh, or Mr. Charity, one or the other. It's uh, Sergeant Retired Roger William Wise, and he was just inducted uh, into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and you're in the class of 2019. And uh, Roger, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we uh, we try to have as much fun as we can, and the hour goes quickly. And uh, we also not only celebrate the fact that uh, the Georgia Military Hall of Veterans Hall of Fame uh, hour, but we also uh, promote the JC uh, Healing Wall, uh, Johns Creek Healing Wall. Um, that'll be uh, opening, they think, around March. Mike. Uh, Mazzell thinks it'll be around March the 29th that We're they have that. We're very proud service. of that. Um, the way it came to Georgia, um, you know, some things are meant to be. And we got on the list three years ago to have the wall stop in Georgia. It was a ro- it, It's a wall that travels around right. the country. Mm-hmm. It's a traveling wall. So we got it, and we put it on the soccer field. So when we got ready to open the thing, I reminded the group that this is also the wall that heals. And I have many friends that go to Washington, they're veterans, and they say, Roger, I just don't have the guts to go to the wall. And the reason being is they are going to start the healing process, and they don't want to do that with other people observing them starting the healing process. So we advised the group that the wall was going to be open 24 hours a day. I invited everyone to come to the wall, start the healing process. So I'm out there at 3 a.m. on Friday morning, and there's seven veterans kneeling down, touching the wall, talking to it, healing, starting the healing process. I'm out on Saturday afternoon, and this lady looks over her shoulder and said, Mr. Wise, is that you? I said, (laughs) yes. Can you wait a minute? I want to introduce you to my son. So I waited about 10 minutes or so, and this gentleman gets up and comes over and puts his hand on my shoulder, looks me eyeball to eyeball, and he said, I want to thank you, sir. I met my father today. His mother was three months pregnant with him when his dad went to Vietnam. That is the power of that wall. We had a verbal commitment.
from the traveling committee and thought we had pretty well established it once they retired in five, every five years. But they went to Florida, went to Texas, and it got into a bidding contest mm. where the Johns Creek community and the Johns Creek government got involved with us. And we purchased the wall for $80,000. Now, brought it back, and we're installing it in its entirety in the Johns Creek Memorial Park. I would advise and invite everyone. Which is Newtown. We might. Newtown, Newtown Park. Come out and go through that area. We've got World War One, we got World War Two, we got women in war, we got Purple Hearts, we got POW, MIA, different. We got Desert Storm, Vietnam. We've got all the different areas, and now this wall is going to finish it off. And once we get this done, we're going to have four acres. We must thank Johns Creek. They won a contest to do a dog park, a million-dollar dog park. (laughs) They took the four acres that we now have, and they moved the dog park from that to their new million-dollar dog park. (laughs) They gave us those four acres, and we have established it. And it's going to be one of the largest privately funded memorial walks in the United States, and it's going to be in Johns Creek, Newtown Park. And at this point, I want to tip my hat to Mike Mazel. I think he's done a fantastic job with the Jan's, Johns Creek uh, Veterans Association. Yes. And uh, I was, as I've mentioned many times, and I always want to stress this and make it perfectly clear, I served in the Army, in the Reserves, during the Vietnam era. But I did not go to Vietnam uh, and I salute everybody that did, and like like all of us that are about the same age, we have a number of friends, unfortunately, that are on that wall. Uh, I also have a number of friends that they're finally, and, and I say this, and I want to stretch out the word finally as, as far as I can go with it, finally getting the medical attention they deserve, and uh, a lot of it is due to Agent Orange and... Uh, and uh, some of it's uh, psychological, but uh, I don't think, quite frankly, and Vietnam's been over with since 75, basically, and, um, you know, I don't know how far down the road it's going to stretch out of we find new injuries and we find new uh, problems that the Vietnam veterans that served in Vietnam were in country um, will wind up having and we're burying them all the time it's going to go on and on I too served during the Vietnam I'm an era vet as you are I did not go to Vietnam I served in the Army Medical Corps Brooks Army Medical Center San Antonio, Texas my home state well, I have, um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for those that went to Vietnam. And in my corporate career, um, in my political career, I have served veterans, children, elderly. Um, and I just, talking with a lot of the Vietnam veterans. And Roger, one thing, I, and I've brought this up 
and I want to. Con- I will continue to bring it up. My station, I can do what I want. Uh, is that when I in the sixties, as I was in high school, and I'm sure you were too at the same time. And I was looking towards going to college, and I I started college, and. Um, you know, had some decisions to make. Was I or wasn't I, and so forth and so on. And you've been there exactly like I was. And uh, I would really, within my head and heart, get upset with the term conscientious objector. And as it's turned out, or as it turned out, they were probably some of, if not the bravest members of the military to go in they didn't carry a weapon but they carried a bag with a red cross on it and they saved untold number of lives and uh, between the conscientious objectors that became medics and the uh, dust-off pilots I always, every show, I make a special effort to praise them and to salute them for the job that they did. And the conscientious objectors were not cowards, obviously. The ones that served as medics and, uh, like you, went to San Antonio for training, uh, these guys were just absolutely incredible. And uh, you'd hear, or, you know, I have stories of it, but you'd hear somebody yell, medic, and they could be on right in the middle of a uh, fire zone, and the medics would go running in there. Yep. And uh, so I, I always try to salute the medics and the uh, dust-offs, and we had Donna Rowe on um, that was inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, Mil- Georgia Military Hall of Fame, Veterans Hall of Fame. And uh, she, too, was... was there, there's been two people that have come in here, and I've told this before, but General Dix, uh, that's in the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and Donna Rowe, and both of them, when they came in, um, even though I was a reservist, I, I still, we both did our duty, we served our six years and got our haircuts and all that stuff, <laughs> And uh, but those two people, when they came in, there was an awe in this room that uh, just it almost took my breath away just being in the presence of those two people and uh, General Dix is uh, you know an incredible leader uh, and and then Donna just she was just a, I can imagine a wounded soldier looking up and saying well I, I made it to heaven because here's the, here's my angel yeah. and uh Donna is, you know, those people. And this is this, part of the reason that we do this show, and, and Rick and I work together on this, is that, uh, and I call him Rick. I, actually, uh, you and I both learned it, sir, not not colonel or <laughs> anything else, but sir. But, um, you know, he, he's just done us a lot of favors, and he is wonderful. And I just want to keep this alive and we're going to with general dix i'm hoping is that we're going to keep desert shield and desert storm alive because a lot of people have already forgotten about them and i'll be damned if i'm going to let people forget about our soldiers and uh, you know i i also say another thing every show 
And at my age, I can get frustrated about just about anything I want to, and I get very frustrated at the fact that we have, in my simpleton head, I don't think anybody should be elected to any office in D.C. that hasn't served. I don't care how they served, and they don't have to be on the front line serving, but until they've worn the boots, gone through basic and or whatever, it just galls me for somebody like Pelosi or Feinstein or any of those ladies that don't know which end of an M16 to hold voting on and and somebody making uh, making up these terms of engagement baloney somebody shooting at it shooting at you you shoot back you don't wait and see what's under their robe you shoot them and uh, you know I just I feel very strongly that we don't have enough military in our cong- congressional side, third of, of our government. Well, um, when I went through, you go through what they call 910, 911, 913. That's combat medic, that's frontline medic, that's air vac medic. I had conscientious objectors in my class, and they were good people. They sincerely believed in what they believed in, and they stood up for it. Now, I got through with the basic medical training, which they got. I went into the hospital. They went into combat units. Ran into some of them later years in the hospital. And we sat down, and we talked. They are true heroes, As you said, when they yell medic, and I might start crying, when they yell medic, you don't say who, what, and where. You grab your bag and you go to work, and you save a life, or you sit down and hold someone's hand and tell them it's going to be all right. And that's many times with enemy fire taking place. So, yes, I agree with you 100%. They served, and they served in their own way. And in many ways, they, they, are, they are an example that should be followed. I deal a lot with the JROTC cadets, and I remind them on an ongoing basis that freedom is not free. Someone has to pay for it. We will be presenting colors, and I'll get my color guards And we'll be in an event, and this might be in a school or it might be in a nursing home or whatever. And in the school now, we're getting a lot of veterans that are coming back and teaching. That's great. Roger, we're going to hold that thought. We'll come back to it. We've got to take a break right quick. You're listening to America's Web Radio and the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour only on America's Web Radio. We'll be back right after this. Host of the Business Hour on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works. 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio.
Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank everyone for listening. Uh, it's you all that make all of this possible, and we appreciate it. And we thank each and every one. We uh, particularly appreciate our sponsors that uh, keep us afloat. And uh, if you're interested in finding out more about uh, how you can become part of the uh, America's Web Radio family, we'd love to have you. And uh, we like your money, too, as a matter of no, just, But we do. Truth is truth, you know. And uh, that's a word that uh, Washington, D.C. doesn't seem to know these days. But um, we do here at America's Web Radio. And uh, we made the announcement the other day that we are supporting our president. And uh, we would support our president no matter who it was, and we do until it's election time. So we're supporting our president now, and we're also supporting Donald Trump for re-election. And I challenge anybody, all these people that say, oh, he's the worst president we've ever had, show me. Uh, I know from uh, being with my son in, in his base in Hawaii you're talking about tears. I cried when I saw tarmacs, and this was at the end of uh, the last presidential era. But I saw plane after plane after plane in Hawaii sitting there and being vandalized, robbed for parts. And I thought, you know, we're the richest country in the world. There's no need for that. Keep those jets in the air flying, and and uh, I salute President Trump for getting them back in the air and off the tarmac with new tires after they had sat and gone flat. But um, we support uh, our president. We support Mr. Trump for re-election, and also we're supporting um, Lindsey Rudder for uh, a Georgia appeal court. And uh, we'll be coming out with some more names as time goes on. And, Roger, you know, when you first came in to the studio today, and, and I couldn't agree with you more, uh, and I, I honestly can say I don't think we have, do a show of any type that the bottom line is I don't know whether computers have hurt or helped, but in today, in our society today, we have more access to knowledge than we've ever had in our lives. And I, I just find it incredible that ask Google and you get an answer, you know, and it, it just blows my old age mind. But as easy as it is, if our country has a problem, it's called 
being lazy, and most people are too lazy to educate themselves about anything, be it the immigration situation, be it, yeah, you name it. And it, it's just like, it's right in front of you, just do it, but they don't. And, uh, again, that's part of the reason that, uh, you know, I don't know if you've, well, I know you've been in a lot of schools and junior high schools and so forth, and I don't know if you've picked up one of their history books, but I find it just sickening that they dedicate three pages to World War Two. Hello, you know, and um, if there were if they were more veterans and accessible veterans from World War Two, they'd be in here as well. But unfortunately, we're losing them by the thousands daily and uh, that's why i wanted to get vietnam going and we're going to get a show on desert shield and desert storm going we can't forget our military and uh, our military past present and future are the strength of our country well um you talked about the schools i work i have the pleasure of working with the jrotc units and we're getting more and more veterans now that are coming in and getting out of service, and they're going into teaching or coaching. So I will be at a school rally, and we get ready to present colors. Well, the cadets come in with the, with the colors, and everybody's standing. I'm up in front of the group with a microphone, and I've got on my American Legion hat. And I say, ready, seats. Everybody looks around. I said, once a sergeant, always a sergeant. That means sit down. And they all sit down. I said, folks, freedom is not free. Someone has to pay for it. I now then say, all veterans in the audience and all first responders on your feet, and they stand up. I say, these individuals you see standing in front of you, have paid their tabs, and some are still paying their tabs, because freedom and safety is not free. When you see a veteran, walk up to them and say thank you for your service to our country. Or buy them their meal at the airport, or whatever. Exactly. When you see a first responder, walk up to them and say thank you for your service to our community remembering somebody has to pay the tab and they have paid their tabs or they're paying their tabs. As we're here today, there's young men and young women all over the world paying their tabs so we can be free. As we're here today, there's young men and young women in fire stations, police departments, EMS, waiting for the bell to ring so we can be safe. We must never forget that. Now, I want everybody else on your feet. That means stand up and join these great patriots and let's pledge the flag of the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. We do the pledge. Walking down the hall or sitting in the cafeteria having lunch, have young folks come up and say, Mr. Wise, thank you. We need to hear that more frequently. And we got a president that told people what he was going to do if he gets elected, if he's given the honor to serve. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. How can you argue with that? 
this impeachment thing, Pelosi and that lying Schiff, people have, just like you were talking, have to get educated, be educated on what they're saying that are lies. We go, my wife and I, we go to a lot of social events. And she now, once I get into conversations with individuals, she just walks away <laughs> because she knows what it's going to get to. And I basically reiterate just what you said. I said, if you will sit down and listen and learn, if you will use your iPad appropriately, you can Google and go to and you can see that all of this mess that they're doing is political ego. It has nothing to do with the facts. Don't confuse them with the facts because they made up their minds and they're going to try and they're still trying to prove that this president is not fit to be president. Well, I came out and I'm going to come out with it on my Facebook page today or and Twitter today or tomorrow. But, you know, if you step back and you look at the Democrats and Hillary, um, and I should have said what I normally say, Democrats, um, there's one word that describes them. Did I tell you what that word was? No. Uh, one word, and this this covers it. Without a doubt it covers it. Jealousy. Yes. They can't do what President Trump has done. They He's made money on his own. Oh, no, he, he inherited. No, he did not inherit. Look up the facts. He borrowed a million dollars from his father and paid it back and parlayed that million bucks into a billion dollars. He worked. He's smart. He ain't no dummy, and they're figuring it out, That uh, they're and they're jealous of that. They have tried everything in the world in their little book of nothings, and they can't beat the guy. Not but, only. And that's, that's pure jealousy, and there's no hatred stronger than jealousy. Not only has he has the establishment, the political establishment, hating him from the Democratic side. But he has a tenured bureaucrats. I dealt with tenured bureaucrats my whole corporate career. My definition of a tenured bureaucrat is middle-class welfare. <laughs> they're going to a meeting or they're looking for a meeting. And when they get through with the meeting, they'll have a meeting to talk about the meeting, the meeting. <laughs> they just had. Then they'll have another meeting to talk about the meeting they're going to have. And then they have that meeting, and they know that they run the establishment. The elected officials are just there visiting. They run the establishment. Well, Donald Trump said, I'm going to clean up the swamp. And I told many of my friends, many of my friends, that once he takes on the senior bureaucratic establishment, they're going to do everything they can to disenfranchise him because he's saying, do your job. Do what you're getting paid to do. And he's holding them responsible. And that's why you have all these leaks and all this other mess that takes place. These are individuals that are tenured bureaucrats that have not been doing their job, not been held responsible. They're now having to be held responsible because he's running government like a business. And that's really what we need is we need government to be run like a business. 
Absolutely. One other quick story is that uh, a friend of mine, beautiful lady in uh, Florida, um, volunteered to go to the White House and help decorate the White House. And we saw a little clip on that on uh, Fox and Friends, I think, yesterday, as a matter of fact. But anyway, she I was talking to her yesterday afternoon late, and um, she was saying that was the most marvelous experience she's ever had in her life that they got to stay in the White House and that, uh, you know, uh, Millennia uh, was as helpful as anybody. Uh, the First Lady was there. She was working. She was nice to all the ladies. And, you know, that um, it was just the most pleasant experience that this lady had ever had. And uh, that, uh, you know, they met the president and uh, that they were just like they were people heaven forbid that they're humans you know and uh i just i cringe at the thought of had trump lost uh, and i think not only should he be reelected, but that uh, that he will be and i think uh, so melania has helped him and i mean what a wonderful first lady beautiful and speaks what seven or eight languages? Oh yes. And doesn't mind getting her hands dirty yeah. and working yeah. and being nice, and not ordering anybody around, yeah. just being nice. And um, if uh, before I go to the happy hunting ground, uh, I hope I have the opportunity to meet President Trump and and the First Lady. Uh, I don't know that that's ever going to happen, uh, but it would be. I would. That would be quite an honor. Uh, so, anyway, with that being said, folks, you're listening to America's Web Radio, and this is the basically the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour, and um, we've got an inductee here, Roger Wise. He was a sergeant in uh, the Army and uh, during the Vietnam era. And uh, Roger and I, I guess we share a lot of uh, same things together. And uh, Roger was inducted into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame for all of the service work that he's done, all the volunteer work, just hours and hours and hours of doing service work for the elderly, for children's, and just on and on. I, I, I'm not going to take the time to list all of them, but you can, I think you can go online to the Hall of Fame and look at uh, your information there as well. Uh, but it's it's a privilege to have Roger in our studio today, and want to remind everybody that this is going to be on, it's being broadcast on uh facebook right now and you'll be able to see it on facebook as soon as it'll be archived there and you can watch and listen to it again and um, also later in the day or tomorrow it'll be on youtube and it's will be on every known podcast server in the country uh sometime tomorrow and it goes across the country and we again want to thank our sponsors and thank the folks that have stood behind us through our 15 years of uh, of doing this and some people may think we're a little nutty but and we probably are but um, we uh, we try to bring you the best and the best of people and uh, I think we've done it just like we're doing it today with Roger Wise and we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with Roger right after this 
Last week, my party chief said he wanted to go someplace he had never been before. So, I took him to the rear property line. Sound familiar? Are you tired of trudging all the way to the back of property lines? Why not take the steps to become a crew chief instead? Or even better, why not become a professional land surveyor and see your name stamped on that final survey? The Nettleman Institute of Land Surveying Engineering Technology is your next step. At NYSET, we believe you are the future of surveying, and we want to do everything we can to help you succeed at becoming a professional surveyor. NYSET offers the only online one-year certificate of land surveying program that includes all books, fees, and expenses in one simple price. Visit LandSurveyCareer.com to stop trucking through the mud and step into your future today. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we're back on America's Web Radio and the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour, and we have one of the inductees sitting across from me. And uh, first time I haven't been outranked, I think by by one of the inductees coming in every everybody from uh, Donna Rowe we had uh, we had uh, Admiral Wendy uh, lined up to come in Carpenter and uh, gosh Rick's come in and Paul's come in and uh, they all outrank me and I feel like I should stand here at attention uh, General Dix 
And, uh, you know, they, they get tickled at me because I got chewed out up one side and down the other when I was in AIT for calling a captain a captain. And uh, you don't ever call me captain. You call me sir. And I learned well that I call my my officers sir, and I still do, and uh, or ma'am. As the case might be, but uh, this time I can sit, I can just call him Roger. Heck, he's he's just just we're just brothers. We're brother. What was your MOS? I'm nine ten nine eleven nine thirteen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, medic basically. Or, yep. Okay. Well, I was just the uh, eleven Bravo, eleven Bravo forty, which light arms infantry. I was mechanized, and uh, other than that. Uh, that's where where it stops and came out in E5 and uh, went in as nothing and came out basically as nothing, but that's the way it was. Been there, done that. E5. <laughs> yep. Sergeant Wise. So, yeah. let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, it's – think Colonel White and others that saw this in other parts of the country. And they say Georgia doesn't have such a thing. So they took it upon themselves to establish the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Now, it has been so successful, North Carolina is establishing a North Carolina Veterans Hall of Fame, and it's they're using Georgia as a model. This year, um, you're inducted because of service, valor, or achievement. I had the pleasure of going in because of my service for 40 years. It's health care for children, education, and veterans have been my thing. So I was humbled this year at the induction ceremony. And I had on my American Legion jacket, my blue pants, my white shirt, and my blue suede shoes. Well, I'm walking down the aisle, and I'm standing beside Admiral Carpenter. Now, as you just mentioned, she was the first female fighter pilot in the United States Navy. She was being inducted because of achievement. Well, she looks at my shoes and she said, i got to tell you something, Roger. <laughs> said, I like them blue suede shoes. I said, well, thank you, Admiral. And she looked back on the board and they had my picture from 1961 getting out of basic training. And she said, you were a cute little soldier boy. I said, well, thank you, Admiral. I appreciate that. So the Hall of Fame is valor, it's service, or it's achievement. And when you sit there and listen to these stories of these individuals, you better have some clinics with you because you're going to start crying. Some individual and inductees this year, they were inducted, but they passed away. But their families were there, the wife or the families or the kids, to receive their induction rights. And it was just a heartwarming, wonderful experience. The place is packed, and there's young folks as well as old folks. And they're listening to the stories of these individuals. And I commend those that brought the concept to Georgia, 
perfected the concept and are passing it on because we need to pay recognition to our veterans and their service to our country, whether it be valor, whether it be achievement, or whether it be service. Because we've got some great Americans that live right here in Georgia. Now, you don't have to be a Georgian to be a member. You've got to be, have been in Georgia 10 years. You've got, or you have taken your oath in Georgia. And you are recommended, I was recommended by the Warriors to Citizens Program and the Rotary Clubs. And they went to great lengths, and I thank them. They went to great lengths, as you mentioned, Googling and researching and doing this to write up my petition and send it forward. So this is a wonderful thing we have. We'll have the unveiling ceremony in February in the state capitol. They will have your photo and your bio framed, and it'll hang on the wall in the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame wall of fame. And that will take place in February. And my family is looking forward to being there and seeing Papa Roger. (laughs) <laughs> because they even said the same thing. Said, Papa Roger, that picture you got, you were a cute little soldier boy. <laughs> Where'd you do your basic? Uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Okay, I was at uh, Fort Ord. And uh, actually, I <laughs> sounds stupid, but I enjoyed it. It, oh. was, it, was a, it was a great experience. And I understand, too, I, I could be... I, I know it's hard to believe, but I do make a few mistakes every now and then. But... Um, if I'm not mistaken, not only North Carolina, but I believe Tennessee is going to be doing a, a Hall of Fame. They're looking uh, at doing the same thing. Yes. yes. And uh, I want to commend a company that uh, I'm talking to, and that's and they are veteran supporters and, uh, and run by veterans, and this is authentically American, and they're in Nashville, and they... Uh, Make clothing apparel and uh, different uh, different things, but it's called uh, Dean Wedgner is the uh, president of it, and um, again, it's called Authentically American. Go online, look them up, and uh, if you're needing hoodies or whatever you might be needing, that's the place to go. So we want to thank all of our folks that support us, and we get we'll get emails or calls or and yeah, mainly emails today of thanking us for doing the show and reminding people of our oh i oh i know i was going to bring something else up uh even and i'm sure at fort jackson they told you exactly the same thing no matter what you wind up as be it in a medic be it anything in the army you are first and foremost a soldier and you carry a weapon. You've been taught, you've been trained to use that weapon, and we're all, the first thing you are is a grunt. And no matter what you wind up being in the military, you're still always uh, basically a private, or even a private first class, and uh, a recruit. A recruit, but you are a soldier first. And uh, all the rest of the stuff comes later. And, um, you know, if 
Let me throw this out. If you're fortunate enough to have live in a great neighborhood and you know that your next-door neighbor or your neighbor three doors down or whatever the case might be is a veteran and you know even if it's um even if it's a couple which would be nice um if they were married while he was serving in the military she served also and um during desert shield and desert storm i tried to get a program going and they were calling up so many reservists and uh the reservist wives were left, uh, you know, holding the bag in many cases. And uh, I said over and over again and supported the fact that, uh, you know, go next door and help the lady out. She doesn't know how to mow the grass maybe or she doesn't know how to change the light bulb or just simple things. And let her know that you're there if, if you've served, if you're a veteran or if you're not. But you know that her husband's serving to protect you, then offer to help her. And uh, wives play as big a role in many cases as does the soldier or the or the navy, the seaman, or whatever you know. But wives uh, and families and families, sure. And the sacrifices that they all make, and hopefully that it's not the ultimate sacrifice. But you know, and this is this is what this is all about. You asked a minute ago about the station. Well, uh, we're not a hundred percent every show about the military but where we can we certainly throw it out and we play uh the we play mike mazell's uh, spot and we're going to be playing some other spots uh, about the hall of fame and it's amazing i knew nothing about the hall of fame until i met rick and i met rick at the uh, jc meeting as a matter of fact john's creek uh, veterans association meeting and um we've supported him ever since and we'll continue to and please if you can afford anything, five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever, send it to uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and help support it. It's it's great and it's helping keep our military and our veterans in front of the public. And, and like you said, Roger, we have some some great folks that served. Just Freedom incredible. is not free. No, someone has to pay for it. Have you ever felt like jerking some of those, um, I started to say something I shouldn't say, but jerking some of those people up by the collar that are protesting whatever the hell they're protesting or taking a knee or whatever and explaining to them that what they're doing is only because of the soldier that sacrificed to make it, give him the freedom to do it? I have got into some conversations with some of the college kids. And they take the knee, or they do this, and they do that. And I tell them, I said, think a veteran. For what? That you are able to do that. There's many countries in this world that if you did that, they would take you behind the barn and shoot you. So freedom is not free. Someone has to pay for it. These individuals that stand in front of you that are veterans, they paid their tabs. But as we're here today, there's young men and young women all over the world paying their tabs. So you have the right to protest. So you have the right to your opinion. And, and you, must never, you must never forget that. 
And uh, we're not, if America's a web radio has anything to do with it, we ain't going to let them forget it. We're going to stick it in their face every time we get a, a shot at it. you got to get them, big guy. <laughs> I mean, I, this has been an absolute treat. Well, good. And, and uh, you know, just like I've done everybody else, uh, will you come back? I'll be glad to. Good. Good. Well, well, it's it's one of those things that's a continuing story. And, uh, you know, I've never gone to a meeting where there were veterans that if there was 10 there, there were probably 100 stories. I might ask for your permission. you got Major General Arnold Fields. He lives in Alpharetta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He's retired, but he's, take, he's United States Marine Corps. He's taken on this issue of recognizing Vietnam veterans. The General Assembly passed the recognition legislation and the the president signed it. Going around the country now, and they're passing out certificates thanking the Vietnam veteran for their service to our country, whether it be Vietnam-era veterans or actual combat veterans. They have a pen. They have a certificate. I would really suggest maybe get the general to come and talk about his program and what he's doing now around the United States and how effective. He did a program in Alpharetta, and it went extremely well. And he had uh, Congresswoman Lucy Macbeth, she personally passed out the certificates and put a pin on every veteran in the room, and it was packed. It was packed. So I would suggest you might want to think about that, and I think you could do a whole show on how we're trying now to say thank you to the Vietnam veteran for the job they did. Well, you know, in fact, uh, if you know him or know how to get a hold of him, uh, I'll turn it over to, uh, I might outrank you, I don't know, i as long as I wear deodorant, I'm pretty good. But you know, I might be ranker than you other times. But anyway, no, we'll. I definitely want to have him on. Sure, certainly, absolutely, uh, and uh, we will figure out a way to get him on. And uh, I, you know, this is this is good. It's uh, for those kids and those millennials or whatever they're called that they may or may not have even been born back in the late 60s and 70s when our guys were returning and it, it, it was deplorable it, it was you know and and uh, they would they even uh, I, when you came back and or when I came back um, at Hartsville they even had a bullpen they, they had to keep the protesters sort of pinned up so we could walk through the uh and uh, you know you didn't have to be wearing a uniform for people to be trying to spit at you or throw or you know call your names or whatever. Uh, you had that identifying haircut for some reason, <laughs> and uh, they could uh, somehow you could be picked out of the crowd. And this is this is the other thing that I, I make a note of every show is that. Like I said, I, I I was honored to have Donna Rowe in here, and and uh, certainly uh, General Dixon and Dix, not Dixon, but Dix in, and um, 
and many other of the Vietnam veterans that uh, Rick has been gracious enough to uh, line up to come in. And, uh, you know, as I've said many, 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 many times, once you've been in the military, and it doesn't matter what branch, what you were, and I've been very fortunate to... General Dix and, and, and Rick and the rest of them, the officers, the big-time officers, have appreciated the fact that I was nothing and I was nothing as I served, and I don't consider myself to be in the same group of, of any of the ones that were in country. But with that being said, once you've gone through basic or boot camp or whatever you want to call it, the Navy has another name for it, but once you've gone through you have just become a member of the biggest fraternity or sorority in the world. And Roger and I met, as far as I know, this is the first time today, but we're brothers. And uh, he knows I served, I know he served, and we're, we're fraternity brothers of the biggest fraternity in the world, the U.S. military. And uh, I'm proud of my service. I, I should have gone to Nam. I didn't, and uh, I regret that in many, many ways. But I certainly salute any and everybody that did and any and everybody that served because you, you still gave up your time for your country, and that's the important thing. There's an obligation there, and it disturbs me today that many of these young folks, they're not growing up understanding that obligation. Now, I know that there's a – I have my own opinions on this. I think when they did away with the draft, they took away a real op- opportunity for some young men and young women between high school or college and growing up real life, having the opportunity to be in service. I think being in service teaches you discipline. It teaches you respect. It teaches you order, and there's so many qualities that you have time to grow with and mature with while you're actually on active duty. And you learn that the sergeant ain't always right, but the sergeant is the sergeant. Absolutely, and uh, <laughs> we had, well, I've told this too many times, but my first platoon in basic training uh, messed up the DI drill sergeant's heads in that um, we were all college graduates and they had never dealt with anything like that. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, uh, you know, they had been trained for years before they became E6 or E7 DIs and uh, they had been trained for years. The only way you get it through their head is repetition do it over and over and over again till they finally do it right. Well, we did it right the second time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they and they didn't know what to do with the rest of the time. What do we do now? I you know? get off the bus in South Carolina, and it was a light snow and raining. And the first thing they said is, Wise, where is Wise? Wise, you get down here and pick up these cigarette butts. Well, I get off the bus, and I get down said, this boy, this is a college boy. He's going to teach us something. (laughs) So, yes, that's the way it was. I had people in my platoon that did not read and write. And 
we didn't have enough cadre at that time because Vietnam was heating up. They put us in barracks on what they called Pill Hill, Tank Hill. World War Two leftover barracks. Oh, that's that's what I was in the. World um, War Two leftover um, barracks with the fire match matchstick barracks. Yeah, and with the with, with the big pot bellied stoves. Now that we didn't have in California. Well, we had pot bellied stoves, and you could actually look down and see through the floor and see the ground. But we <laughs> had to have those barracks spit shine and whatever. And so, you had a fire guard at night. They. Firewatch. Yep. Had Firewatch. Well, I had the pleasure of being an acting platoon sergeant because we had one sergeant assigned to two different platoons. Mm. And my mother, I sent the list of my guys home that could not read and write, and they never got letters. And it was... it. It was a discouraging thing for the platoon that when we had mail call, their buddies didn't get letters. So my mother's church group started sending letters to these young soldiers, and they got letters like everybody else, and it brought the whole morale of the platoon forward in a big way. And they would come in and say, I got a letter today. Read my letter to me, and I would read the letter to them. I've never forgotten that. And that is one of the fondest memories I have of basic training. Sergeant Wise, thank you for coming in today and being on the Georgia Hall of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour and uh, being with me. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you in, and uh, we look forward to having you back. And we'll give you enough time to come up with uh, you know ten or twelve more stories and. Uh, we look forward to it. Thank well, you. Well, you're everything that the colonel said you were, and this has been an absolute treat. You didn't believe all that stuff, did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said you pay him real well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, folks, uh, they're open today. Go down to the Georgia Military Hall of Fame and see what it's all about. We'll be back with more after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.